everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and another exciting episode of Streaming Demons. That's right, where we take the very brand new, the rental, which is a borrowed, and the old. Along with my co-host, Evie, say hello. Hi. We have an awesome reoccurring guest host of Nicole. Say hi. Hey, everyone. Great. Now that we're all introduced, as always, I'm a very lazy bear. So we let our guests go first. Nicole, what movie did you do? I watched Army of the Dead on Netflix. Oh my gosh, Army of the Dead. I loved it. I, I look forward to it. I've actually seen this one. I'm happy That's... to talk with you. Yay. Oh, we were so excited. Uh, so first and foremost, fun thing. I have a like four degree of separation from someone who was actually in this movie. Kind of. Uh, kind of in the movie? Kind or of. So for those of you who did not notice in the uh, trailer, there is a zombie tiger. His name is Valentine. Valentine was based, the CGI model was based on a cat whose name is Sapphire from Big Cat Rescue. And fun fact, Sapphire was originally born in Ohio. And I know this because she was owned by an incredibly irresponsible person whose wild cats and a bear got out and were actually near me. My life was in danger uh, for a very short period of time from the tiger that is the CG model for Valentine in the movie. Oh my God. So you were attacked by a zombie tiger? Sadly, no. Oh. No. I would love to Almost meet that Almost attacked. Almost, oh, almost, attacked. almost attacked by a zombie tiger. Oh, there you go. Yes, I would love to meet Sapphire. Sapphire is a beautiful animal. I'm a huge fan of Big Cat Rescue. Have you seen the same show? Because that cat was like <laughs> missing half his face. Well, yes, that's why Sapphire is the CG model. Valentine is the tiger in the movie. Oh, so it's like Candyman. Yes, it's like, like I met the actor cat. Well, I didn't meet him, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tell you what, I, I have met Tony Todd, and uh, that's not CGI. That's just Tony Todd. Oh, that's just he really Tony doesn't Todd. have any flesh on his chest. It's just a beehive. It's just bees. Well, I wasn't like like massaging his chest. I think this podcast is getting a really weird direction now. There, <laughs> Evangel. You started it, bro. Well, I'm gonna finish it on the next episode of. No. So okay, cool. That, that's, ah, that's kind of cool. So you, you think the CGI work, that this is a great question to lead in. I just complimented my own question, thanks. Uh, do you think this CGI work in the movie held up then since you saw the cat for realsies? Um, for the most part. Um, for the CGI tiger was pretty good. Some of the other CGI in the movie was not as great, but overall it was, it was pretty good. There were a couple moments where okay. it's not quite living up but that being said, there was a lot going on in the movie. So unless you're you're really paying attention, you're not going to see where the CGI slips. Yeah, it's not like the Hulk. We can see like the CGI Hulk face, like the old Hulk movie, the, not the, the standalone, the one, the standalone, but it just kind of like blacks out. Yeah. It's not that noticeable. No, no, Ooh. this isn't Ed Norton Hulk level. Ugh. Voodoo was going to say something. 
Yeah, I was wondering, is this like, so basically this movie is stupid fun, right? We thought it was going to be that. Um, no, it was not. Oh, no, it is not. It was, no, it was smart. It was emotional. So let me give you the premise of the movie. Um, a single super souped up zombie escapes from a transit where he's being transported from Area 51 to another location. He manages to turn enough people over to his own kind to create an army of zombies, army of the dead, that take over Las Vegas. Um, years later, after many lives were lost, many people were hurt by this. There are people that may or may not be infected held in not refugee camps uh, right outside of Vegas. Congress is arguing over what to do about them. And they're also considering nuking all the zombies and not considering they're gonna nuke all the zombies. So our main character, whose name is Scott, uh, is asked to put together a heist team because this is also a Las Vegas heist movie. So they're going to put together a heist team to go into Las Vegas and steal a bunch of money out of the safe, out of the vault, excuse me, mm -hmm. and bring it back to this guy. So I expected this to be stupid, fun. It was not. It was incredibly emotional. I don't normally learn the characters' names in zombie movies because they're just going to die. Um, but I was legitimately upset when a lot of people died. No spoilers, but a lot of people die. Obviously. It's a zombie survival film. Yeah. yeah, it's a zombie survival film, but it's not like so many other zombie movies where you don't care. This was more George Romero-esque where you care about the people, you care when they die. And in a couple of cases, you cheer when they die. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I cheered, but... I, I oh, that, no that one dude that one dude mm, mm, spoilers yeah spoilers but i will say i believe that is correct it looked like oh it's gonna be a fun little romp and by the first part the first of act one i'm like oh it's suicide squad like this is the Zack snyder version of what he would have done with suicide squad with no one having powers yeah it was very good. Also, yeah. I like. I thought I was the only person who liked Suicide Squad. I didn't dislike it. I wish wish it would have had more story. Yeah, that, and it really could have. Yeah, like they could probably cut a ton out of it. Now, or the Dirty Dozen, which is basically a Suicide Squad before Suicide Squad is like you know. Anyways, I'm showing my age now. You liked it. You thought it was. It's. It is a bit of a family movie. It's a bit of a heist movie. What do you think of the action sequences? How about the dialogue? What grabbed you the most? What grabbed you the most? Well, I always say it comes down to character. Character motivation, character action. Number one thing that's going to grab me in anything is going to be that. Yes, the action scenes were great. Yes, it was bloody and gory. And there were some great scenes of just people getting crushed by a, a big mm -hmm. tinker truck. But the big thing was the character motivations made sense. There was no one who was a stupid throwaway character in this. Uh, there was a character whose unfortunately name I can't remember because I referred to him as YouTube the entire way through. Oh, um, that dude? Yeah, with the hair? Yeah, the guy was a, you know, yeah. trying to go viral. But he was 
a good person. He wasn't like a, can I say Logan Paul? Well, he wasn't Logan Paul. <laughs> he wasn't an asshole. So a lot of it, what drove me in was the characters and the fact that I think they set up a sequel. There were a lot of questions at the end of it that we don't have answers to. Um, things that I can't actually say because it will spoil things. Right, like Las Vegas itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens to Las Vegas? Then that's not they, if they bomb Las Vegas. There's zombies in Las Vegas. I don't think anyone would really notice. First of all, that's kind of how it looks, anyways. Yeah. But gosh, it, it is a bank heist movie that is about. It's like Ocean's Nine, Twelve, Eleven, Thirteen, Fifteen, whatever it is. Yeah, it's got that setup to it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more question. I haven't actually read any real reviews or anything just because I too want to see the movie because right. like it seemed fun. But I did notice a lot of people when they were talking about it, they like it, they were saying negative things because they felt that it portrayed people negatively or something. Like, did it seem any way insulting anyone in the movie or is it just no, not really? Because I'm not getting the same vibes from random one-offs people would say about the movie from what you're telling me. Is this a swoke shit? No, I have no idea, honestly. Because, <laughs> like like I said, I wasn't reading any spoilers or anything. Yeah, no. I just vaguely remember people, like, complaining something. This isn't realistic about da-da-da-da-da. Well, as a person who, who lives in Las Vegas for over 20 years, that part's pretty true. Like, the, the entirety zombies. of it. <laughs> No, like the, the set up the people that come from the, the the mass people. Remember, most people in this movie, and Nicole, correct me if I'm wrong, are actually from Las Vegas because they were living there when the zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah. Moved out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't find anything to be. I mean, it's a zombie movie, so like, it's hard to say. Well, it was realistic, but I didn't yeah. find anything to be offensive or in poor taste or questionable in that way um but i mean everyone's gonna see it differently that's true yeah and there was an aspect of the movie that we haven't quite seen in zombie movies before night of living dead zombies were across the entire planet we think you know all these other things like the zombies are walking dead zombies are everywhere this is localized mm. like you, you almost have to be dumb enough to go into the zombie nest well, and not only that, but there were zombies that reminded me more of the zombies in the original I Am Legend, not the movie, but the book. Um, right. For anyone who hasn't read the original book, um, it's fantastic. And the zombies, the creatures, I should say, in that movie or in that book are not zombies. They are not mindless. They are intelligent. And at one point, they actually arrest the main character who they see as a monster because he is slaughtering them yeah i do remember that part where unlike the movie it's a little more uh ambiguous morality wise yeah about whether or not he should even be killing them right like basically killing an entire population just because it's slightly different and there was kind of a feel of that. They didn't really explore it as much as I would have liked to see in Army of the Dead, but it was there a- were some moments where, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's very clear that at very least 
Oh, what was the main character, the main zombie's name? Oh, it wasn't Caesar, but that's what's stuck in my brain is Caesar. Because um, he was in Caesar's palace or something. Oh. Well, actually, because it was reminding me of um, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh. I was like, put, put the geography on. Little Vegas geography. But is the, there's definitely a moment where you realize this is a thinking, feeling creature who has emotions, who has attachments. And there's some question as to whether or not he's really that much of a monster. True. True. And, and it's, I know what you're talking about, but it's hard to say more about spoilers. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like it, we end again, as like any of our movies it's something we like to discuss spoiler free and there's only so far we can go and, you know and the audience has to make their own judge but with that said how many cthulhu's would you give this netflix film army of the dead oh i would give it a five out of five everyone five out of it. five yeah and they need to make a they need to make the sequel quickly you, you know what uh that's a great that's an awesome rating and i agree on the sequel i actually canceled my netflix but I canceled it so to cancel today because I knew the movie was coming out, you know, yesterday. I'm like, okay, I'll watch the movie and it'll be canceled, no big deal. I agree. I think this is a sequel worthy movie. And five out of five, as I always say, wow, I'm not following that one. <laughs> so, Voodoo Priestess, what do you got for us with the old? You got the old, right, Voodoo? I got the old. Right. And so I decided what I should do is try to find. An old movie that, you know, everyone has heard of. Just something that really kind of captures that spirit of old. So oh, I oh got boy. the Japanese horror huh. movie, A Page of Madness from 1926. I heard that one. Totally, right? Yeah. Nope. I, I, no, I haven't even. <laughs> really? Because we discussed this before you're going to watch it. Like, oh my God, because I was going to do... Back when, okay, for people who don't know, we let the guests pick first, like what movie they want. And then Voodoo and I kind of go like, which one do you want left, right? And old, yeah, old, old. I love it. So absolutely, let's do this. Yeah. 1927. And I went through a couple different old films because honestly, there's a lot in horror that people remember. Nosferatu, The Golem, uh, Captain of Top of cab the cabinet of dr caligari everyone Which knows those films we love except for one person <laughs> yeah yeah so i decided to look around to try to find something that i would like and this is a page of madness which one thing that separates this from a lot of other black and white silent horror films uh this doesn't have any dialogue there's like dialogue cards that usually like cut in between scenes yeah. and it's like they start talking and stuff this don't have them there it's just a stream of visuals and you kind of have to figure out the story on your own if there even is one because it's called a page of madness and it's about a lady in a mental institution and all the mental patients around her and it's just craziness and things happen. I think the plot might be her husband trying to get through to her. Okay, so 
If you're going to ground this into something more modern, would this be like the American Horror Story Asylum? He said, questioning his horror story titles. Asylum is the one you probably wrote. Okay, okay. Thank you. I wouldn't quite call it that. Uh, honestly, what drew me to the movie was like the beautiful visuals. Really? And because when you think of old movies, you don't really think of any really cool effects. And or any effects. Sometimes. Any effects at all. Yeah. There are some cool effects in here and sort of the way they do it makes everything look surrealist. Uh, I don't think this movie actually is supposed to come with any sound at all, like no soundtrack orchestra in the background. Really? Yeah. I did watch a version on YouTube with the uh, orchestra attached to it. It was by the Alloy Orchestra from like 2016 or whatever. And I thought the music fit pretty well, but at the same time, there were some scenes in the movie where it's like, it feels like the soundtrack's being more manipulative to and Set changes. The yeah. Okay. So, however you prefer to watch it, it's kind of interesting because it's basically you just watch an hour and 15 minutes of madness and get absorbed into it holy no okay hour 15 does it have an act structure or is it just kind of free-flowing i'm gonna say it's kind of free-throwing because it there are scenes where you see actors mouths moving and it's obvious that they're talking to each other but again there's no real dialogue between them they don't show off the dialogue so you just kind of figure it out yourself and that's something i actually kind of appreciate in some films where it's sort of a surrealist experience you know that is pretty cool yeah dang that's cool now why do you think they did that mm. so this is something i kind of do notice sometimes when you get into silent films the cut cards where they cut to the black and then they have yeah. the words on it sometimes that kind of distracts a bit from the story like it breaks the tempo off a little bit in my opinion hmm. like sometimes i wish they would just you know put subtitles down there redo the movies just with subtitles that's my new ringtone everyone you heard it first <laughs> on this podcast we just broke it voodoo priestess insists on subtitles for foreign films thank you very much for my silent films no silent no no films. Hey. What film was this? I forgot. What, what film we're doing? A page well, this one was a page of madness, but it doesn't have any. It Where, does what, not have... what kind of movie was it? What kind of movie? It was a silent uh, film. Japanese movies. <laughs> Therefore, it's a foreign movie. Therefore, you were advocating, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, they are advocating for subtitles. I believe you are correct. Every movie should have subtitles. Thank you. My work is done. Microphone job. I feel like I'm missing a joke. <laughs> I watched one Korean TV show with subtitles and or not, not subtitles, dubs. Oh, I trampled my own joke. And Voodoo's like, no, I don't want subtitles. I don't want nothing. Well, I like subtitles. It's just that some, my Netflix recommendations, because I was watching a lot of foreign movies and stuff is like all subtitled things. And 
I wasn't in the mood to read. I just wanted to watch a movie, but all I got was Korean TV shows or Taiwanese or freaking uh, Indonesian. They it have was... you pegged well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They do. Yeah, it was just like I was going through this mood where it's like I didn't want to read anything, but somehow every time I chose a movie or something, it ended. I didn't realize it at the time. It would be something subtitled. It'd be okay. German or Swedish, and yeah. I'd be like, "Damn it, they looked white enough." I'm See, sorry. Jim likes dubs. That that's what it is. He, he likes and Buddha priests dubs are awful, and Jim is very old and apparently dead inside, according to his co-host. And so he got dubbing and subtitles confused. Now on two different podcasts, by the way. Uh, and uh, yeah, so maybe that's a running joke. I'm just so old, I don't know what talkies are. <laughs> that's the whole thing right there. Okay, so it's, is it horror enough? Can you do your own suspense through this movie without dialogue and, and the score? I'd say so, yeah. It works because, out? Cool. Yeah. Because there's something that's really unsettling of just watching people and it's like they're not at, on the same plane as you if you under if you know what I mean. It's like Yeah, you took version, they took spirit. Yeah, sure. Tra travel jokes. I got plenty of them. Two really, but yeah. So they're not in the same plane of existence or not in the same plane of field or what? It just feels like, you know, like in the fairy, like in all the folk tales with fairy folk and stuff, there's something unsettling when you come across a group of fairies or something in the ring. And it's not that they're being particularly uh, violent or terrifying or anything, but you can just tell that there's something off. Yes, that they're like, not one of us kind of thing. It's... It's just weird, uncanny feeling. It's just say fits in the Uncanny Valley experience of life. I will be definitely. This is one page of madness. A uh, page of madness. Page of madness. That sounds cool as hell, man. How many Cthulhu's would you give it, though? It's a real test. Um, would I give it like a three point five or a four? Because oh. there is a part in the middle where it feels like it kind of slows down a little bit. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably give it a four because I want to rewatch it. Like four is where it's like this is good enough to rewatch. Rewatchable. Yeah. Wow. So I would rewatch it, and this time I might try to do it without the music because just because again, in some spots it really did seem manipulative instead of what the director intended. I I think this could be our canard trois. Plus. There's no dialogue, so we don't actually have to mute our mics when people are talking, and there's no editing then. It's awesome. We should find more <laughs> silent horror movies for Canard Trois. There's nothing to get sued over. I love it. Great idea. And at four of Cthulhu's, that sounds about right. Wow. Thanks, Evie. Or excuse me, Voodoo Precious. This is our co-host, Jim, who always tries new ways to be as lazy as possible. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> and with that great introduction of me being lazy, I guess, which is true, if anyone wants to take a poll on that one, I had the rental, 
And I forgot I had the rental until, oh yeah, it's still on my Apple thing. I actually watched this entire movie, unlike most of the things we review. So don't worry, I can give you honest rental or honest don't opinion. Don't admit that, dude. Don't admit that. <laughs> what? Like I got time to watch the things they say I watch. Come on, I got the title. I have DBs right here. It's all I need is a trailer. <laughs> We're all good. No, I always sort of watch everything I talk about. <laughs> Whatever people who have time for movie watching but benny loves you i scroll through the rentals i actually wanted to see if i could rent saw and they're like no i'm like okay that sucks and i was gonna rent this like no okay, okay but benny loves you it is a 2019 movie out of the uk if i remember everyone's accents correctly written directed and starring carl holt that's a trifactor right there it feels kind of like a little UK council movie, little indie film, but it's got some backing one pump because that CGI's got some massive CGI in this movie. And the CGI, and here's the thing. I don't 100% know if it's CGI or just puppet work because it could be uh, the old fashioned still frame puppet work at play too. I don't know how they did it. And that's a good thing. If I know how they did it, I'm like, oh, okay, I know this is how it's done. Sometimes you don't want to know. And from the IMDb, Jack, a man desperate to improve his life throws. Oh, wow, hold on. Let me try grammar. His life throws? I know. Okay. Full disclosure, when I was reading this on the IMDb, the log line, I thought like, wow, this log line is shit. Like 100%, like I wouldn't watch this fucking movie if I just looked for this log line and people. Log lines are important. You have the best movie in the world, but if you can't, best book in the world, best anything in the world, but if you can't sell it to anyone in a small sentence or two, fuck it. So whoever wrote this log line, shame on you. Whoever reading this log line, shame on me. Jack, a man desperate to improve his life, throws away his beloved childhood plush, Benny. It's a move that has disastrous consequences when Benny springs a life of deadly intentions. Everyone wants to watch it now. Good. No. It is a not quite child's play. It's not quite like the Chucky doll coming to life. It is a bit like Ted being a sociopath. Ted being the McFarland movie, like Ted 10 to Ted 2. If Ted the teddy bear was just a social, I think Ted Ted's actually a sociopath in those movies too, but more of an active sociopath that kills people. That's Benny Loves You. It's heartwarming. It's got some peaks and lows. It is a horror comedy. I, I will suggest that right now. And I believe when I talked about Witness Infection, we're talking about you know Uncle Peckerhead and Shaun of the Dead before. Horror comedy is really hard to do because usually they either do really great horror, crappy comedy, a really good comedy, and crappy horror. Uh, Witness Infection, Sean and the Den, Uncle Peckerhead being the exception is doing both very well. I believe this does decent comedy. Uh, maybe the horror needs a little tweaking. Because it's 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 firmly rooted in comedy. Who's watched Child's Play? Either version. Okay, Nicole. Did you find Child's Play horror? 
Um, so I'm probably not a good person to ask because as a child, um, I watched child's play and was so scared. My mother had to get rid of two very expensive dolls. Hi, I'm Tony <laughs> Rexman. So, oh no. Remember me? Put a tape in me. I'd oh, it out. Was horrifying. I don't know whose concept that was. It was terrible. Now, I always thought the child's play was scary until we got up to like the new ones, like the bride of Chucky and the seed of Chucky. Those right. were played for laughs and not that well. And, and, and I think, I think it's more of the play for laughs. I, I really think Benny loved you is more of the play for laughs. Evie, have you, or Voodoo Priestess, excuse me, have you ever seen like the child play Leprechaun? Wait, Leprechaun yes. was like a toy, was it? Leprechaun <laughs> was not a toy. But there were lucky the charms. Stuff? The stuff? No, there were lucky The lucky charm person lucky came alive. No, but you know what I mean? Like the little the little animal comes alive. The little stuffed animal, the, the child's toy, puppet master, basically. Yeah. I've seen those movies. Okay. Now, were you afraid of the toy? Um, let's see. Honestly, no. When I was younger, uh, my mom showed me Trilogy of Terror and you know, He Who Kills, the little Zuni fetish doll. I love yes. that thing and I wish I had one. Like Oh, I loved it so much. It was so it was adorable and had a little spear and it killed everyone. It was so cool. See, there you go, Carl Holt. All I have to do is like mark the crap out of the Benny Loves You doll, and you're gonna make a killing at merchandise right now. But that's <laughs> the way you describe this uh voodoo priestess is exactly the entire concept of this movie. It's this cute little doll doing cute little kill scenes, and they build up the kill scenes like it's like Ralph S. Mouse trying to find things Ralph S. Mouse size to be like a real person. That's what Benny loves you. The entire premise is him going through these things and trying to like, you know, kill various people. <laughs> but as a comedy, he got some giggles. It, it does work. And I'll give my star rating or my Cthulhu rating a little bit later. CGI could be puppeting, could be CGI, but it still works. The characters are all fleshed out. It works. There are character arcs-ish. It works. Act three, by admitting of the own of the writer, or at least the person who wrote, directed, and acted in it, might not have been smooth. And if you watch the movie, you find out why. But the rest really kind of, it, it's a nice 40-year-old virgin meets Chucky. <laughs> That, that's basically if I can give. There's your log line, Carl. Well, that's actually their log line. <laughs> Forty-year-old version meets Chucky. The end. Microphone drop. Free for a reason. I, I think it is worthy of the rental price. I think I'm paying like six ninety-nine to rent it Canadian. Definitely worth it on Apple. No problems. I'd watch it again later on when it came on some other streaming thing. Uh, I'm gonna give this one. 4.5 Cthulhu's. 0.5 off from being a perfect score because, damn it, the blood was nice. Great blood work. Again, all these little effects are very well done. I want more horror. I, I really just wanted more horror out of the common horror. And that would have been in the 5 out of 5. I think this has legs, no pun. Uh, and I think the merchandising is going to be insane if he goes that way. Yeah. Cool. You should go that way. You should definitely go that way. Because we'll buy one. I'll be wearing a Benny Loves You t-shirt later on. Oh, I wouldn't be doing that. 
Unless they gave me one. I'll be wearing that one. That'd be awesome. I'll wear whatever you guys give me. Hey, my name is Jim Phoenix, and I'll wear whatever you give me. Trust me. Princess bride dress? I'm in it. A princess bride dress? I'll rock that too. I got the legs for it. It's all good. So if you want to give us free stuff, send it our way. With that being said, some plugs. Nicole, you're a guest. What do you want to plug? Uh, well, you can check me out on Haunted MTL. You can listen to the podcast that I co-host with uh, J.M. Brannick called Off the Bone, all about true crime. Uh, you can also check out my personal blog, Paper Beats World, for a whole bunch of speculative fiction stuff. What is speculative fiction? Someone asked Brannick this a couple of weeks ago. I want to make sure their definition matches yours. Speculative fiction is science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically all the good things in the world. Okay, cool. That was kind of their own thing too. Awesome sauce. Voodoo Priestess, what do you want to plug besides Dead Before Dawn? Getting your butt stuck. Dead Before Daylight. You're Dead the one who daylight. has that game. You're the one who has that game. You're the one that said they'll play with me then then didn't. Well, I will play <clears throat> with you. God. Which, if you guys want, <laughs> you can totally play Dead by uh, Daylight with us because we're looking for people to play. I'm guilting some of my friends into playing, so it'll be just like a buddy team thing. Mostly my awesome. friend Tabitha. My friend Tabitha, she, I told her about it. She was like, I want to kill people. She was so excited for it. And then you told her about a game. You're like, oh, there's also a game called Dead Before Dawn. She's like, really? I can kill people and play a video game? That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes I think she'll do it, man. Sometimes yeah. I think she'll do it. Some, uh, we all, I don't, I don't know Tabitha, but, but you know what? They're a friend of yours or a friend of yours. So there you go. That's true. You want to plug Dead Before? You can plug that. That's cool. That's a good Yeah. Game. Let's that's plug a... Dead Before Daylight. Dead and... Before Daylight. Cool. Yeah. That's what Dead by Daylight. God Dead damn it. Be... You're making me. <laughs> Let's plug that game and hopefully somebody will find the actual game we want because we can't call it anything correctly. No, we can't. We can't. Uh, I was just trying to look for the letter two. The letter two. Oh, good Lord. The number two. I was trying to like look it up on online. I'm like, D two D, like that's that's porn. No, what the hell? D B D, ah, D B D. That, that's what it was. And I have no idea what those things stand for. I did start playing it. It is on Xbox Game Pass for another couple forevers. Now that's cool. Good, good plug. I'll take that one. And I'm going to plug Darcy the Mail Girl's Patreon page. If you don't know by now, Darcy the Mail Girl from The Last Drive-In is doing a Patreon page. It's got swag. It's got swagger. It's got a bunch of things that start with the letter S. I just named Swag and Swagger. You, you named the last one. It's great. There's a lot of clips from the old drive-ins with old stuff with Joe Bob Briggs. Even Joe Bob Briggs running for president. She dug that out, dusted it up and restored it well enough so we can all play it on our little YouTube boxes or our little Patreon page boxes. So that is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, Darcy the Mail Girl. Check it out on our website. We will link it, of course, as we do for all of our plugs. And with that all being said with the plugs, I want to thank our special guest, Nicole, and I want to thank Buddha Priestess for doing another home run 
out of the park with a very, very, very old movie finds. And again, kids, remember, if you've seen a movie that we haven't, well, shit, there's only like two of us, we're rotating guests, a couple billion people on the planet. Good for fucking you, yeah? <laughs> Let us know what the movie is, uh, maybe review it too. Without any further ado, bye. I hear a cat.